Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. Hey, thank you so much, worship team. Wow, what a blessing. You know, our God is worthy and he does reign. Amen. Boy, sometimes it doesn't seem like it. You look around at the world and, whoo, boy, a lot of chaos, a lot of tsuris, as we would say uh, in Yiddish. But uh, my goodness, our God does reign, though. You know, I read the last page, we win. <laughs> That's an old rabbi eism. Not just him, but what a wonderful uh, worship time. You know, we're called to be worshipers of God. Our very name's Yehudim. Uh, Jews, Yehudi, means worshiper or worship. Uh, and so we're worshiping our God, our Creator. It's one of the things we're placed on this earth to do, is to worship Hamelech, the King. Amen? All right, we're going to start today in the book of Psalms. I got kind of like a, this, this uh, message today. Not exactly like the last number of messages that I've been sharing with you. I've just got a kind of a, a call to you today, a task, a task that you are called to today. And, and when I say you, I mean all of you. Yes, you folks from, from uh, RP as well, uh, RPC, you're called to this task as well, very much so. All of us are called to this important task that we see in Scripture, elucidated in so many different passages. We're going to start, though. In Psalm chapter 9, starting in verse 9, verse 2, where it says this, I will praise Adonai with my whole heart. Wow, that's what we just did, by the way. I don't know if you noticed. We, we, hopefully, you were, hopefully you were doing exactly what Melech David, King David, said that he was doing right there. Right, Cameron? I know you were with that cool black guitar. You were praising God with all your heart, right? That's what you were doing. Amen. I will praise Adonai with my whole heart. And then he says, I will tell about all your wonders. I will be glad and rejoice in you. I will sing praise to your name, Elion, which we were doing very much so just a few minutes ago. Very powerful. King David uh, here says that with all the great things, with all the great things that God has done for him, that he will tell about all of God's wondrous deeds. What a wonderful thing, amen? Uh, and do you sense in this, when King David says, I will tell of your wondrous deeds, I will tell about your, all your wonders, do you sense in this amongst, uh, within King David an appreciation for what God has done for him? I do. I do, Nelson, you know, when, when King David says, hey, I, I, I will tell about your wondrous deeds. I will tell about your wonders. 
Nobody's going to say that unless they're really compelled to, to, to do so because something's been done for them. If he says, I'm going to tell of your wondrous deeds, then that means that the, he had to be the recipient of wondrous deeds, of God's wonders. He had to be the recipient of it. As a side note, this is also a great Hashir song, uh, which is a wonderful song that the group Hashir does. But, but it's a very personal statement. I will praise out of my whole heart. I will tell about all your wonders. Other translations say of your wondrous deeds. Out of God's goodness to King David, he commits to tell all about God's amazing nature. Because remember, oh boy, has God been good to you? Okay, good, boy, that was, a, that was a pretty strong answer, great. You know, honestly, no matter, and, and by the way, ning, 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 right answer, <laughs> okay, <laughs> but no matter how, things hard, how, how hard things get, and sometimes things in this world do get hard, I, I don't look to minimize that, but regardless of how hard things get, God has been good to us. See, that's the truth that, that we need to understand in perspective. You know, sometimes when you're alone, you may be feeling lonely. You may be hurt by something or someone. You, you may feel like things are not going your way. Uh, maybe somebody doesn't like you. Maybe you have a medical issue. It, it doesn't matter what it is. Sometimes you can feel low. You know, it's, it's, this is this world that just kind of, uh, you know, we are, we are in this world. It's a fallen world, right? But, but regardless... God has done great and mighty things for you. And so we tell of his wondrous deeds. We tell of all of his wonders as King David said. My goodness, I mean, think about it. As, as bad as things may at sometimes go for you, I would say they probably haven't gone quite as bad for you as they did for King David. King David, I mean, you know, this, this, this guy was anointed king as just a young teenager, about, about these folks' age over here. That's when he was anointed king. And yet it was many, many years later, after turmoil, death, uh, um, being chased, uh, exiled, before he finally became king. And, and, and even once he became king, y'all, no, no, no easy uh, time did he have even then. Very difficult to the extent also that his own son betrayed him and tried to usurp him in the throne. So, so David definitely had it tough. And yet he says, I will declare your wondrous deeds. Oh God, how very interesting that he would say this. I will declare, I will sing praise to you. I will declare there's something that he understands that not everybody understands that most people don't understand. No matter how hard or difficult or trying things get, our God reigns as the musicians sang, and he reigns in our lives, and we know what the end of the story is going to be. What's so interesting about the book of our lives, if we are followers of, the, of God, if we are true followers of God, is that we know the beginning of the story. You all are here. I don't, I don't see any babies amongst us. <laughs> and even if you're a baby, you've already had your start. Okay, we, we've had the start of this story. What we don't know are the middle chapters. But I know the end of the story. If you are a follower of God, right? I know the end of the book. 
Well, the end actually doesn't have an end. That's the great part about it, doesn't it, Jack? It just it keeps going, right? It's, it's infinite. It's just chapter after chapter. But you know what I'm saying. We know the beginning of the story, and we know what happened. The, the only part that we really don't know is the middle part of the story. But because if we have that more eternal perspective, y'all, then we should better be able to tell of God's wondrous deeds. Does that make sense? Okay, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, please. Even if you don't typically turn to me, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 because we're going to be spending some time in this chapter really examining the word. Okay, friends, you all know that we are children of the Most High God. Everybody knows that, and we're, and we're blessed to be as such. This is good news. This is true. And to be considered children, a child is for sure a high honor. No doubt, no doubt about that. Established, given, no question. But here's something interesting that, that, that gives us, Jimmy, a little bit of a different perspective on our role. Uh, because uh, oftentimes a child uh, can tend to be a bit, how shall I say this, um, uh, either, either a little bit spoiled. <laughs> That's the word I'm looking for, spoiled. We, children can become spoiled very easily. And, and I, I get it, right? We're, we're a child of the Most High God. And, and when you're a child and God gives good things to his children, it's easy to become, and to become a little bit, might I say, a little self-absorbed. Children are oftentimes self-absorbed. However, God gives us each a role in addition to being a child of God that is an important role for you. I don't care what age you are in here. And, and it's another important title as it relates to God. Very important. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 20, please. Let's go to verse 20, where we read this very interesting fact. We are therefore ambassadors. For Messiah, as though God were making his appeal through us. We beg you on behalf of Messiah, be reconciled to God. Now, I want to pause there for a minute. I want you to think about this for just a second. Ambassador. It says we are an ambassador for Messiah. Ambassador. Wow. Ambassador is a major role. That is a major league role. What, that is, what does an ambassador do? Because it says we are an ambassador for Messiah. What does an ambassador do? That will tell us part of what our role is. According to dictionary.com, it says an ambassador is a diplomatic official of the highest rank sent by one sovereign as its resident representative. Wow. That's, think about that. This, this is talking about you. If you are a follower of Messiah, as a believer, you are an official representative of God and one of the highest rank, it says. That's part of the definition of being an ambassador. One of the high, so, so my friend, as I look at Bruce, Bruce, 
you are an ambassador, Ambassador Bruce. Maybe we'll be inviting Ambassador Bruce up here for the ironic blessing. Our, the guy on the drums, he may be swinging sticks, but he is actually Ambassador Mark. That's right, he is an ambassador. Some countries refer to ambassadors as your excellency or your honor. Our keyboard player, she too, is an ambassador. That's right. She, it's, it's, it's kind of funny to think an ambassador. It sounds like, boy, if we had an ambassador in here, I've met a few ambassadors in my life. I remember when I met Ambassador Andrew Young, uh, and, you know, a former ambassador to the United Nations. I met, uh, I met one of the Israeli ambassadors to the United States. Got to spend a lot of time with the Israeli ambassador. That was really a, a treat and a blessing. In fact, we had a former Israeli ambassador to the United States speak at Messiah Conference a few years ago, which is pretty interesting in and of itself. Uh, but in any case, ambassador is a very high role, a very high rank. Well, we know that a representative of a government is supposed to represent that government in the best way possible, right? It, that just kind of makes intuitive sense, doesn't it? If, if, if somebody is an ambassador of a particular government, or as the definition holds, a sovereign, which implies a king or a kingdom, which is true in our case, we do represent a king. Okay, so if, if, if an ambassador, what are they to do? It makes sense. An ambassador from the United States to, to the United Kingdom, for example, they are supposed to represent in the best way possible the United States. That's part of their role. That's part of their task. That's part of exactly what their job is, is to represent that government in the best way possible. And this passage says that it is though it is as though God were making his appeal through you as his ambassador my friends you are an ambassador according to second corinthians chapter 5 you are an ambassador you have the high rank of ambassador but not ambassador from the united states no 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 way higher way higher you're an ambassador of the Messiah, it says. And it says that as though God were making his appeal through you. So God is making an appeal, the king, your sovereign, your king is making an appeal through you, his ambassador, his ambassador. Okay, and what is your message? What is the message of you, the appeal? What is the appeal that he's speaking through you to others? He says it right here. We beg you on behalf of Messiah to be reconciled to God. That's the message that's what he is telling other people through us, or at least should be. That's what God should be speaking through you to other people around you, as you are his ambassador, right? So the message that we must carry is one of reconciliation to God. That's the message that we're carrying out to others, to be reconciled with God. That's the message that God wants us to tell other people about. Please be reconciled to God. See, I think that oftentimes 
this is real just honest here. Some believers seem quite happy to see themselves as a citizen of the kingdom of God. They're fine with that. They're fine with being a citizen, a citizen of the kingdom of God with all of the benefits thereof. And there are a lot of benefits to being a citizen. We know that. Listen, if, if you have an American passport, if you're an American citizen, wow, there are a huge amount of benefits. People across the world would die to, to have the benefits of being a, a United States citizen, okay? Right, there are benefits associated with it. Similarly, and, and, and actually not even similarly, but to a much greater extent, people who are citizens of the kingdom of God have a lot of great benefits also. What kind of benefits? Well, let me tell you about their benefit plan. They live in eternal safety and have the Lord loving on them. And, and in the kingdom of God, if you're a citizen of the kingdom of God, what is the retirement plan of this kingdom that you are a citizen of? Here's a retirement plan. There's a mansion prepared for me. <laughs> That's the retirement plan. I've gone to prepare a place for you, says Messiah. Oh, thank you, Lord. And not only this, but listen to this. You talk about this is what your citizenship gets you in the kingdom of God. Listen to this one. This one is a mind blower in terms of your citizenship. Here is one of the benefits of your citizenship in the kingdom of God. Every time you are brought to a court to face charges from a crime that you committed, so long as you repent, the judge always dismisses the case. <laughs> and it's never put on your permanent record. Whoa, man, what a country! <laughs> what a country! The kingdom of God! Wow! You think about that, that's the kingdom that you represent. And honestly, plenty of people are content merely being a citizen of that country and kind of just laying back, if you will, laying back in their, in their cushy seat and just kind of fat cat. And it's like, ah, feed me more grapes. Thank you, God. Yes. Forgive me if I mess up. And oh, there's, I have forgiveness. And so everything's great. I will do a little dance. <laughs> Oh, thank you. I need that help. Thank you. The folks from RPC are leaving now. Okay. I'm just kidding, guys. <laughs> They're like, Where have you brought us? What is this place? Who? Okay. <laughs> so many who call themselves believers, listen to this. So many people who call themselves believers love the passport, but don't ever look at themselves as an ambassador for that kingdom. of the highest rank. We're not talking about a low-level person who's just like working in the State Department at a desk, and that's your role. No, 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 no. Scripture says you are an ambassador for Messiah. Ambassador, by definition, is a diplomat of the highest rank. 
That's what you and I are called to be, is an ambassador of the highest rank. Not one who just simply takes a passport and puts it in the pocket. No, one who speaks to others and actively seeks that they reconcile themselves to God. They actively are trying to tell people, you need to reconcile yourselves to the Lord. But let's back up for just a minute because verse 20 that we read just a minute ago specifically says, the verse starts by saying, therefore, right? In verse 20, it starts with therefore. Therefore, we are therefore ambassadors, it says. We are therefore ambassadors. Okay, that means that what comes before this verse tells us why we should be ambassadors. Because if all of you who are in school certainly know, therefore means there's something before that, that that will tell you why you got the therefore. Therefore, we will be ambassadors. So let's examine what is immediately preceding this verse to tell us more as to why we should be ambassadors. And we got to back up all the way to verse 14. So let's go to verse 14, and we're going to walk our way through why it is that we should be ambassadors. So we've established, y'all, verse 20, that we all, if you are followers of Messiah, should be ambassadors. You should be an ambassador. You should be an ambassador. You, 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 all of us here should be an ambassador for Messiah if you are a follower of Yeshua. Okay, we should be of that highest rank trying to get people reconciled to God because he loves them. Okay, but why should we, should we, why should you be an ambassador, verse 14? For the love of Messiah compels us since we have concluded that one died for all. As a result, all died. Whoa, boy, that's deep. James, we're going to have to unpack that just a little bit, right? Very interesting. Okay, so we are compelled, compelled. You know, you, you know what it is when you feel compelled. There, there's a compulsion, something that we can't even really resist. We are compelled by the, by the love of Messiah. Since we know that one died for all, and as a result, as a result all died. What exactly does that mean? Okay, so the, it says, the one who dies for all was who? Yeshua, that's right. Okay, so the one who dies for all is Yeshua. It is by his atonement, and because of his death, his blood atonement fulfilled the Torah requirement, Leviticus 17, for a blood covering over our sins, right? Because of his death, which was for us, we all died, it says. One died for us, but we all died. How did we all die? In what way do we all die? We all died to our flesh. We all died to our flesh. When we become renewed by Messiah, there is something fundamentally different about us. There is something profoundly, fundamentally, completely different about us if we give our lives to God. And this knowledge compels us. This knowledge, the love of God, right, with the knowledge that we all died to the sinful nature compels us. Okay, let's keep going because within it we see a full understanding. Verse 15, and he died for all 
so that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for the one who died for them and was raised. Verse 16, so from now on, we recognize no one according to the flesh. Even though we have known Messiah according to the flesh, yet now we no longer know him this way. Okay, so what, do we, what does it mean here? So we no longer live for ourselves, but who do we live for? We live for our king. We live for our sovereign, right, uh, Barry? This is who we now live for. If we have the passport that says kingdom of God on it, we now live for the king of that kingdom. That's who we now live for. As it says, Yeshua who died for us and who was raised. And so there has been some kind of a transformation within us if you are a true follower of God. There's a transformation that's happened. There is no longer this, this flesh with its sinful nature that controls our lives. That no longer controls us. There is something new. If we are a follower of God, when we get that new passport, there is something completely new that we even exist as. It, wow, Rabbi, in what way? In what way is it completely new? I'm glad you asked. Let's continue with the very next verse, which is oftentimes quoted but never contextually understood. Verse 17, therefore, if anyone is in Messiah, he is a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, if you understand that in its context, uh, it's an aha. It's an aha moment, right? This is a big one. You've heard of this verse before, most likely, right? When we receive the Kippur, the, the atonement, right, from Yeshua, we are a new creation. You've heard that. If you are a follower of Messiah, we are a new creation, as it says explicitly in verse 17. The Greek here implies totally new, unlike what is before. So it's not just that before we know Messiah that, okay, we're this way, and then when we come to Messiah, uh, it's, it's just like putting makeup on it. No, it's not. It's not just putting makeup on it or, or putting a, uh, some kind of a, an outfit on. No, 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 no. It's a completely different existence. You become a new creation. Why? Because there's a spiritual element that comes alive in your life. And it's no longer living of the flesh. Old things have passed away. And all things have become new. The old nature within us has fleshly desires. Many of which are worldly and unhealthy. I don't have to tell you this. You know this. If you're watching right now from, uh, from your smartphone or the internet, good grief. All it takes is, is a couple clicks for, or swipes from your finger. And, and, and that's how fast you could be in the midst of unhealthy, worldly, ungodly stuff. Let's just be completely transparent about it and honest about it. That stuff is out, that's, that feeds the old nature. That feeds our flesh, if you will. When we receive Yeshua, our old nature is replaced by a spiritual nature. 
Now, that doesn't mean that you're never tempted by the old nature that tries to rise up. But again, understand the context of this passage. You've changed allegiances. You've changed allegiances. You used to be in this camp, and you've changed sides. The new creation that you are now is pledged to the kingdom of light. Now, that doesn't mean that the evil kingdom can't try to tempt you with its darkness. It can and does try. But your nature and you yourselves are a new creation. Things have fundamentally changed within you. Why is this important to understand? Let's continue. Verse 18. Now, all these things are from God who reconciled us to himself through Messiah and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Messiah God, or in Messiah, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them. And he has entrusted the message of reconciliation to us. He's entrusted the, the, the message of reconciliation to you because of what he did for us, reconciling the world to him. Okay, so it is only in this new creation state, only in this new nature that is not according to the flesh that we can be reconciled to God that we can reconnect, I'll put it that way, can be connected to God. It's not through our flesh. It's not through the sinful flesh, our sinful nature, our old nature. No, it is through this new creation that we are reconciled to God, okay? Why? Because God can't be around sin. Our fleshly nature was a sinful nature. So through the atonement and the cleansing that comes through Messiah, we are reconciled to God. Because we are now cleansed, you see? And this new creation that we are, that spiritual creation that we are, right, can be reconciled to God. Why? Because through Messiah Yeshua, he has, he has covered our sins and transformed us into a new creation. Through this forgiveness of our sins, our allegiance has changed to the kingdom of God and we are now reconciled to him. Hmm. Okay. And now that leads us, that leads us back to something else because he tells us that God has entrusted the message of reconciliation to us. He's entrusted that to us so that you have the, 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 the task, if you will, the message of reconciliation with God. And that leads us right back to the very next verse. We've arrived, verse 20, which now will make more sense having understood the previous verses. Verse 20 says this, we are therefore, because of everything that we've been talking about here, we are therefore ambassadors for Messiah 
as though God were making his appeal through us. Let me put it, let me put it in, in, in second person terms so that you can hear it because it's not a third person thing if you're a follower of God. We are therefore, you are therefore an ambassador for Messiah as though God were making his appeal through you. And what is your appeal? We beg you on behalf of Messiah, be reconciled to God. He made the one who knew no sin to become a sin offering on our behalf so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. My, my, my. Ooh. See, understanding it in its total context, it makes it make total sense. It really does. It, it makes it make, make total sense when we understand it. God is looking for reconciliation with everyone. It is his desire, scriptures say, that no one perishes. He is looking for reconciliation with everyone. He is looking to be restored to relationship with us like Adam and Eve before the fall. That pure relationship. Friends, if you've ever loved somebody, right, but, but had a falling out which separated you, then you know how special it is to be reconciled, to be reconciled with them. There's a joy that's so profound and that is so deep, and God wants that with us. He wants that reconciliation with us, his creation, that he created out of his love and his desire to, to, to have us commune with him. He's not looking to make things hard for us or to make things hard on us, but we need to clear out the sin within us before that reconciliation can happen. This is why Yeshua, as it says in verse 21, why Yeshua, who knew no sin, became a sin offering on our behalf so that we might be in right standing before him to be the, the righteousness of God. That, that means right standing, okay? And, and, and with, without uh, an evidential sin. Why? Because it's been covered. God does not see the sin. It is gone. It is in the depths of the sea. And so, since we have changed our allegiance to the one, or rather to one that follows God, we've changed sides, if you will, to, you know, to, to the good side, I'll put it that way, right? To the one that follows God, we are now in a new kingdom. And God calls on us to be his ambassadors with others, to tell them, and to share with them the truth that God wants to be reconciled with them. That all of their sins can be forgiven. No matter what they've done, they can become pure and righteous. That they can become something completely new that Yeshua came to take away their guilt. Wow. That's the message that is given to you and I. 
That's the message that's given to us for others through us. Do you know how much the world needs to hear that message? We got a lot of Gen Zers here today. You know, do you know how, how hard this, even these last few years have been on Gen Z? It's been hard on all of us, but man, especially our younger people. There's so much hurt out there in, in, in life and amongst people of all ages. People are hurting, people are down, people are depressed, people have, have great mental anguish, and, and, and mental health is such a, an understandable issue. And, and people are lost, and people are hopeless, and, and people are lonely, and, and people are seeking, and, 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 they, and they feel like there's nothing. Maybe that's, you, maybe that's you watching on the internet right now. Maybe that's some of you in here. I don't know. God knows. You may be smiling and seem fine on the outside, but only you know what's going on inside of you. Maybe you've had great turmoil. Maybe there's anger. Maybe there's hurt, just immeasurable hurt, frustration, depression, anxiety. God, man, this world needs to hear the message that God wants to reconcile with us. And the reconciliation doesn't require $50 million. It doesn't require, it requires an honest turning to him. It requires us turning to Messiah, repenting of our sins. I'm sorry, God. I'm going to live for you, Lord. This is what he's looking for. He can't be with sin, but somebody says, oh, God, forgive me. I'm so sorry. Please, Yeshua, touch me. I believe that Yeshua is the Messiah. Please forgive me my sins. God is reconciled to them, right? And, And he says, oh, my son, my daughter. And suddenly there's the relationship there that begins and that wasn't there before. What a message that is that you have that is so needed. People are desperate for it. This is why God has called you to be an ambassador. And why do we do this? (laughs) Because God did it for you. God did it for you. What does it say in verse 14? It says, because we are compelled by Messiah's love for us. We're compelled. We're compelled because of his love for us. You see, beloved You're taking up the role of being an ambassador. Mm, I'm going to say something. Receive it. You're taking up the role, or not, you're taking up the role of being an ambassador corresponds directly with your understanding and appreciation 
of Messiah's love for you and how he died to make you a new creation yourself. That was, that was a mouthful. I want to say that again. I want you to really receive this because some of you maybe haven't been ambassadors. That, by the way, this isn't an introverted, extroverted thing. Sometimes I hear people say, well, I'm an introvert. I don't, I'm, I'm not really, I'm not the public speaking type. I'm not. This has nothing to do with that. You can be an ambassador simply by your actions. You can be an ambassador by, by how you encourage other people, by, by how you pray for them, by how, you know, if you really want to be an ambassador, you can make your allegiance clear without being like, hit them over the head preachy. You don't have to, 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 to be a theologian to be an ambassador. You have to be genuine and not afraid or ashamed. Let me say it again. Beloved, you're taking up the role of being an ambassador, or not, corresponds directly with your understanding and appreciation of Messiah's love for you and how he died to make you a new creation yourself. See, the more you live within this new creation, and the more you yourselves are reconciled to God, the more you should want to be an official representative of the highest rank. Because God made you a citizen of his kingdom, and he's simply asking you to represent him and his desire to be reconciled with others as well. And so, beloved, I don't want to encourage you to take up the honorable role to which you have been called. You are a representative of the kingdom of light. There is a weight to act like we are representing the kingdom of God. But that's a good thing. And as we do, with God's help, more people will be reconciled to God. The title of my message is Ambassador. <laughs> Let's bow our heads. Thank you, Lord. Oh, mm. I want to ask first if there is anyone who has never committed their lives to God. I talked about it just a few minutes ago. If, if there is somebody who has never said a prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, never said, yes, I want to follow Messiah all my days. I believe he came and died, rose again. Why? To be an atonement for me. If you've never said that prayer to receive Yeshua as your Messiah, but you'd like to, lift your hand and we'll pray together. If you've never said that prayer before, but you want to, just lift your hand and we'll pray. Perhaps you're, perhaps you're watching online and you've never said that prayer to receive Messiah, Yeshua as your Messiah. Repeat this simple prayer after me. Say, dear God, 
I humble myself before you. I accept Yeshua into my heart. I believe he's risen again, sitting at your right hand. Oh God, please forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry. I'll live the rest of my days for you. I want to be reconciled to you. Thank you, God. In Yeshua's name. If you said that prayer for the first time, if you're watching online or listening on the podcast, please send us an email. We just want to celebrate with you the transformation. You've become a new creation, as it says in Corinthians. If you're in this room and Perhaps you couldn't get your hand up, but you said that prayer for the first time. See us after the service. We just want to celebrate with you. It's a wonderful thing. Lord, I want to pray for each and everybody else who's here or is watching, listening. Lord, that people who maybe already claim to be followers of, of you, God, Lord, help us better embrace the role that you have called us to doesn't matter what age. You've called us to be an ambassador. Lord, help us be an ambassador, but an ambassador of the light. That means, by the way, Lord, that our lives need to reflect our kingdom. That means that we have to show the love of God. Our lives have to be full of love to others. Help our lives be representative of the kingdom of which we are an ambassador of. Help us, God. Help me, Lord. Lord, I want to embrace that role that you have asked so that I can share with others that you want to be reconciled with them too, which is actually part of what I'm doing right now. Lord God, I thank you for this. I pray your blessings and anointing on everybody here to this high call that you've given us. Lord, not to just kind of sit back and kind of fat cat on our passports, but to represent you to a world that needs you. Thank you, oh God. We love you with all of our hearts and bless you. And we ask these things, Bashem Yeshua, in the name of our Messiah, Yeshua. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethhalel.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock 
or Shabbat services Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and Shalom. Nine, 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 nine.